The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute provides educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12, first-person curriculum with video, Discovering Heroes book series for kids, and a speakers bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with artifacts and Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, Billy Sports fam? As always, it is the midterm here in the middle of the week with your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, and our intern, Chris. Chris, how are we doing? I'm doing good, Parker, hanging in there, just working a lot lately, trying to get some money. <laughs> trying to get some money i get that speaking of money the midterm as always is brought to you by my bookie so we are here to help you out with some more money now chris typically the midterm has been about nfl football there you know is no more nfl football for a while and so <laughs> can i ask once the nfl season is over the super bowl is behind us what kinds of things are you watching as far as sports go since I haven't been watching NBA and NHL as much as I've been wanting to this season, I'm definitely going to start watching a lot more of it now since obviously football is over. But I really want baseball to come back soon. But the way things are pointing with the lockout and everything, it's not looking like the season going to start on time. So right now it's just NBA, and I'm going to try to get more into NHL again. I guess if you're a you're Red Sox guy, and so I guess typically this is like the pitchers and catchers checking in kind of time, right? That's kind of like mm-hmm. it's supposed to be what happens next. Yeah, they were supposed to – I think pitchers and catchers were supposed to report the other day, but obviously that's not <laughs> happening. So who knows when this when the league's going to start back up again. For sure. And, you know, I, I'm a regional baseball fan. So, like, I follow the Astros, and when we're good, I watch the top of the league. And when we're not good, I kind of watch a little bit of the AL West. Like, I, I don't really watch much outside of that. I will say I watch the NBA for both on-court and off-court drama year-round. Um, before we get too far into the NBA, there was a lot of off-court drama since the last time you and I talked. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> As a Boston guy that got to sit there and watch New York and Philly duke this out, what was your take on all that? Talk about the trade, right? The, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, all right. I mean – I said it a couple times before, like, I don't get the whole James Harden going to Philadelphia thing. Like, they had the chance to get Harden when he 
when he wanted out of Houston. Like it was between Brooklyn and Philly, the two teams that he was likely to go towards. Two, I said go to Philly because I didn't want to see him join Katie and Kyrie for the big three. Obviously, that's what happened. But now that he's out, obviously, him and Joel can try and work it out and be a duo that leads Philadelphia to a championship. I'm just not sure if it's going to happen or not. And then on the Ben Simmons side, at least he's finally out of there, obviously, with everything that happened last year in the playoffs. It was clear that he could not play in Philadelphia ever again. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens when he can he finally starts playing again. But who knows? I, I'm still not sure if I can believe in the Nets, especially with the whole Kyrie drama and whatnot. Well, and so Philadelphia played without James Harden fairly recently against a very certain Boston Celtics. I don't know if you've heard of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. You mean the hottest the, team in the, the league right now? The smile is so big. <laughs> the hottest team in the league? Yeah, hottest team With in the league. Hottest team in the league, and then they did they make every three they shot that night? Like, was that the best game you've ever seen? I think so. And speaking of, like, those two teams we were just talking about, they've blown both Brooklyn and Philadelphia out in the last two games that James Harden has been to. So it's not looking good for him against Celtics possibly. To be fair, I guess he sat and watched both games, but it certainly was not a fun watch. I don't think (laughs) I saw a meme that was like, it had, you know, both times it was him watching. I think Jalen Brown actually on the floor shooting in both images. And it was just the same, like dead faced Harden, like, Oh my God, <laughs> like in two different cities, two different teams, two different outfits, watching the Celtics speed up on the team he was on. It's not a great, not a great look. We are going to talk some NBA basketball tonight, more broad focus. Look at kind of bigger picture NBA basketball with the all-star game coming up this weekend. It, I say halfway point in the season. It's really been about 55 games. You're closer to two thirds the way through the season. But it feels like halfway because now it's like jockeying for position. Every team kind of knows what they're trying to do in the second half of the year or whatnot. Trade deadlines behind us and so on. And as we look ahead to the NBA championship, championships continue around the corner with my bookie. Head to my bookie today to win this NBA season and place your bets on whoever you think will take home the Larry O'Brien. Be sure to use code FN Sports to double your deposit up to a thousand US dollars. Brooklyn and their unknown roster are a great pick currently. Be sure to put whatever kind of cash you have down on them. My book takes all types of well-known cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum. So put some down on the new look nets today. Double your deposit using code FN Sports on my bookie today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. So my bookie's telling us the odds on the nets at plus 500. So you put down $100, you get back 500 more. Are the odds they're saying to take? Your Boston Celtics sit down at plus 2,600. <laughs> and so Yikes. I don't really have a, a thesis here as far as like picking a single team because it does feel kind of wide open. I guess the team with the lowest odds or the favorite right now is Phoenix as we're recording, but it does feel like Golden State's right behind them. They're at 440. Phoenix is at 400. We just mentioned Brooklyn's at 500. Milwaukee, the defending chances at 530. You have... Six teams under 2,000 as far as like odds go before you start getting like kind of distant. I got to ask, as a Celtics fan, are you seeing a deep run out of the Celtics or how do you see how do you see the East shaking out? Uh, I want to see a deep run out of the Celtics. I think that's obviously what every fan wants their favorite team to see. But I mean, we've just seen with this team the past couple of years, they're so up and down, so inconsistent at times. Obviously, right now they're playing 
last two months, I think they've been playing unreal right now. Nine straight wins, most in the league. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are starting to figure it out again. But in terms of making a championship run, I just don't know if I can say they're going to get out of the East, especially when you have teams like the Bulls who have been great all year in the Cavs and obviously still got teams like the Nets and the Heat and whatnot. So obviously I'm hoping for a deep run from the Celtics, but I'm saying at best right now, probably conference finals, maybe even a second round exit, but I think conference finals is a pretty even ground right now. I just, I'm just not too sure if they can get into the championship yet. Well, and so Boston six in the sits in the sixth seed, say that six times fast after such a horrible start to the season. I think that's worth pointing out. Like the first month was rough and the last two months have been incredible to get to the six seed, but they're only two games out of the three seed like that. That Which is two, crazy. That like three through seven area is really pretty jam packed. If I'm looking at odds making in there, Cleveland is a game and a half ahead of Boston and they're in the fourth seed. So they get a home run. And the thing in today, they'd get a home court first round playoff series. They're at plus 3,900. Like, I don't actually think Cleveland's going to win. But I think it ought to be better odds than that. <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't know why I think that that's such a like why is that so high? I I've got this weird feeling that it's a Miami versus Milwaukee Eastern Conference Finals year, and I I just I just do I don't know why I feel like it's going to come down to them. It could work out where they play each other in the second round. I guess if you're like a one and a three seed or something, but Miami at one with all of the injuries they've had is sitting at plus 1025 or 1025 and i think that's really good odds for the nba championship obviously that would require winning the east and those kinds of things have you gotten as a celtics fan to watch miami at all i know y'all had some pretty you know big playoff series like a decade ago but you were i was a much younger guy then (laughs) um this season i haven't been watching too much miami to be honest but i mean like you said they're still great team they obviously were in the finals a couple years ago in the bubble and Tied for first in the East with Chicago. Obviously, they have great guys like Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. Obviously, Duncan Robinson might be one of the best shooters in the league. But I think the Heat could definitely have a good shot to make it to the finals. I just don't know if I can overtaking the Cavs, though. Or the Cavs, sorry. I don't know if I can see them overtaking the defending champion Bucks, especially with Giannis putting up 50 last night. And so I think, I think the Bucks might have a nice shot to – get back to the finals and possibly repeat. I think I'd probably take them over the heat, but at the same time, I'm, I still don't know if I can trust the Bucs, especially who is, they just lost Pat Connington for a while. And so I'm not sure if I can trust the Bucs right now. And to be fair, I think, I think my bookie agrees. The Bucs are almost at, at, at twice as big a favorite at plus five thirty. It, you know, Giannis, Giannis would work wonders. And as like, it's going to take an, a heroic effort out of him to, to win a championship for them again. But we did just see him do it. So it doesn't feel like you're asking for anything too, too crazy. You're an Eastern Conference guy. I'm a Western Conference guy. Ha- have you watched any Western teams or any Western Conference teams you'd put your money on these days? I haven't watched this team too much, but there is one team that jumps out to me when I read these odds from my bookie, and it would be the Memphis Grizzlies, to be honest, at plus 2,100. I kind of feel like they could possibly be the Bengals of the of the NBA this year. I mean, a very young team, team that clearly is not afraid of anyone. John Morant is, I don't want to say he's 
in the MVP conversation. I think he might be right on the outskirts of it, but it, he's showing that he's probably going to be one of the best, if not the best point guard in the league someday. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies somehow shocked the world and ended up making it to the finals. And you never know what happens when you get there. So maybe they could end up winning it all, but I would not be shocked to see the Grizzlies deep run when it comes playoff time. Well, and the Grizzlies and the Bengals is an interesting comparison because like they're both led by this young guy that like we haven't seen doing the playoffs, but we kind of think can, right? Like none of us had seen Joe Burrow in an NFL playoff game, but we'd seen him in college. Like, no, nah, I think he'll be okay. <laughs> you know, like, like mm-hmm. I, I obviously picked against him every week, but I, they won a couple of close games and it was because they had this young guy in charge. Right. If I look at, you know, for people that are learning more about basketball, if you look at the last 10 or 15 years, or as far back as they've got good data on it, the win shares per 48 minutes has been a pretty impactful stat for like, who's going to win the MVP last year. It was Jokic. It was the honesty before it, it's a pretty good indicator just because it's like how impactful you are on winning. And like with a couple of other factors, like Russell Westbrook did not lead the league in win shares for 48 minutes when he won the MVP, but he was the first guy to get a triple double average since whatever Derek Rose was not the guy to lead win shares for 48 minutes the year he won MVP, but like, it was LeBron and there was going to be a big media bias against LeBron, right? It was, that was not going to be his year. John Morant is actually not in the top, whatever, but I think weirdly that like he, it doesn't matter as far as his votes go. Cause I don't see them giving it to Jokic and Denver. Cause they're kind of fighting to get out of the, not being the play in Giannis. I feel like for whatever reason, there's like an MVP fatigue. Like I don't, I don't think he necessarily mm-hmm. gets a third MVP award in four years this year that, I mean, not that he's not playing like it. I just don't think that voters go with that story. Rudy Gobert, people don't like Rudy Gobert. He barely makes the All-Star game. Jimmy Butler, has he played enough games, right? Like, like all of a sudden, you start looking at lists, and as you go down the road, it's like Joel Embiid in Philly or John Morant. And we're talking about the Western Conference right now. So in John Morant and the Grizzlies, that's a fun pick. I think that my bookie odds are really in your favor there. It's interesting to me that it's like the Suns and the Warriors in the West are at plus 400 and plus 440. And then there's no one else better than a thousand. The Jazz are at 1275. And then you start dropping down. The Lakers are at plus 2200, right there behind the Grizzlies at plus 2100. I can tell you right now, I like LeBron a lot. They're not winning the championship. (laughs) It's been a bad year for the Lakers. I wouldn't be surprised if they were – they got knocked out in the first round last year, right? It was the first round against the Suns. First round against the Suns, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers get first knocked out in the first round again. I think that's very possible. But, yeah, like you said, Lakers, not that great. Warriors, I I know I was just hyping up the Grizzlies a lot. I don't think they'll end up winning at all. I just wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies made a run. But, I mean, right now, the way the Warriors have been playing all year long, obviously, Steph's been having another great year. Their team is figuring it out again. And it looks like there possibly could be another Warriors dynasty in the future. So, who knows? I think I would like their – I like their odds as well. Although, obviously, it's not as much as the Grizzlies if you were to put money on them. But I still think Warriors – they'll definitely be in the conference finals and they'll most likely get out of the West somehow. Well, and then we'll get to like, you know, this dynastic warriors thing and Steph Curry all over again or whatever. Like there'll be some storyline there that like grinds my gears a lot. As long as KD doesn't go back there again. Imagine that the Warriors (laughs) win again and KD goes back to the Warriors. (laughs) He phones a friend and goes back. That'd be, that'd be kind of, we mentioned the John Morant MVP case. 
Another thing you can put money on right now is the MVP. John Moran on my bookie is at plus 960. He's exciting. He's exhilarating. He's the face of the Grizzlies in the third place in the West right now. Other guys ahead of him would be Steph Curry is at plus 560. Again, I think that he's got his couple MVPs. It feels like fatigue there. He didn't get it last year, and I thought he had more individual stuff a year ago. Giannis is at plus 275. I mentioned earlier, I don't think he wins three in four years. Jokic is at plus 265, and the the Nuggets are down at like the six, seven, eight seed spot. Joel Embiid, I think, is the like on my bookie. He's listed as the favorite. He's at plus 122, and I think that's really the first place where I go like, oh, I can see Joel Embiid getting it. First, have you watched the Sixers at all this year? Decent amount. Nothing, too, not as much as Celtics, obviously, but decent amount. They're obviously Eastern Conference team, Atlantic Division, so Celtics see them quite a good amount. <laughs> My next question is going to be, does Joel Embiid's MVP, as you see it, does his MVP case get hurt by bringing in a guy like Harden for the last 30 games of the year? I think it has to. Obviously, we're not sure when Harden's going to come back because he's still rehabbing from that injury. But I think it is going to hurt Embiid's MVP chances a little bit. Obviously, Harden's a guy that likes to have the ball in his hands and likes to put up a lot of points. Obviously, he can pass the ball. I believe he's in double-digit assists again this year. It might be around 10 assists per game. Not exactly sure, but he, he's definitely going to take the ball out of Embiid's hands a lot more and might not be able to put up the points that he's putting up all year long since he's basically been the focal point of the team. But, he'll I mean, he'll still be able to get his mismatches down low and put up some points and, re, and rebounds and stuff. But I think, obviously – as a team, James Harden is definitely going to make them a lot better since obviously Embiid and Simmons couldn't work out together. But I definitely think bringing in Harden hurts MV- Embiid's MVP chances just a little bit. Although I think he, he'll he probably still be top three consideration by the time the regular season's over. The, I, I would think they would hurt too because there'll be like moments down the stretch of like the last 30 games of the season that like – Harden does something that Joel Embiid does not have to do or whatever. And, and it's like, oh, they're just too good. The shame there is I think that Joel Embiid has had an MVP kind of caliber individual season. He's had some tremendous games, big highlight plays. They got skunked or, you know, run out of the gym by the Celtics last night or whatever that was. I guess was that last night? But that that performance aside, I think he's really had a great individual year. I, I would be remiss to not point out that the guy I'd probably actually put $100 on as far as like looking at the odds is – They've got Luka Doncic at plus three, uh, 3,800. Without Kristaps Porzingis there, kind of the same way that Philly bringing in Harden hurts the Embiid case in my mind. Without Kristaps Porzingis there, I feel like Dallas is going to rely on him, at least in those two Clipper games they played twice in four days. They were just saying, hey, we need you to get 50 a night. <laughs> like, like that's, just the, that. that's just the new offense. <laughs> it's just let's see if Luka Doncic get 50 a night. And, and while that's that not going to happen every night, if it happens a handful of nights, like – Everyone loves that guy. I could very much see him getting an MVP if they could climb the standings a little bit. Right now they're in the fifth spot. I tend to think of guys that win the MVP as being in the first couple of seeds. So we'll see. I, but realistically, if I'm like, what am I going to do with my money? I'd probably go put some money down on that. What What do you think Dallas is doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, I like the move he get Spencer Dinwiddie because at least we have like another guard in there to help out Lucas just so he can have some off ball kind of stuff going on. But like going back to the MVP talks, like definitely can see him if they climb up a couple spots, him getting into that consideration. I'm, I'm just not sure if it's 
Doncic's year. I think I think he'll definitely have two or three MVPs throughout the course of his career. But the way the Mavericks are looking right now, unless they can like really turn around and string a lot of wins together and maybe get into that three top three or four seed, then maybe he'll get some consideration. But I think just right now it might be a little. He's on the outside looking in, so I think it might be tough for him to pull out the MVP unless he just starts going on a tear in the last 20, 30 games after the All-Star break. Well, and you can trust the analysis out of Chris here because he didn't go with the total homer and put $100 on Jason Tatum at plus (laughs) 16000 I I would love to do that, but... I try to be smart with my bet sometimes. I'm not, but I, there's just no way that Tatum can win the MVP this year. I don't even know if he'll ever really win it in his career. He'll definitely be in the conversation couple ye- for quite a few years, but I just don't know if he'll be able to pull it out unless there's just one year where the Celtics are just a dominant team and are the number one year all, all season long. Maybe that's when Tatum wins it, but I just can't, I can't see him winning it this year or maybe even in the next couple of years. This weekend is the All-Star weekend. Jason Tatum is an All-Star, so that's that's our segue. Frankly, he seems to be a perennial every year he's in the game, right? Like, Jalen Brown's kind of been in and out, depending on his year versus other guys' years or whatever, but Tatum's never going to miss it, I feel like. The odds are not up yet at the moment recording this. There's still more NBA basketball left to be played. But the contestants are out for the dunk contest, the three-point contest, the skills challenge. So without knowing necessarily the odds or who the favorite would be per my bookie, I got to ask you of the slam dunk competition, you've got Cole Anthony, Jalen Green, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Obi Toppin, their defending champion. Obviously, I think folks listening to the show know that I'm a Rockets guy, and I'm going with Jalen Green there. I think it'd be great for the end guy. He's got explosive, crazy legs. Do you have a favor in the dunk contest? You said Obi Toppin won it last year? He won it last year, yeah. I want to say I want to say he's going to repeat because from what I remember in college, you just having some crazy dunks. But it's weird. All four of these guys, it's like teams that I don't really watch much. Obviously, Obi Toppin's on the Knicks, so I watch him a little bit. But like Cole Anthony, Jalen Green, Juan Toscano Anderson, like they're not in my area, so I don't really watch Duma. But I don't want to go Obi Toppin to repeat in because when was the last time uh, there was a repeat dunk champion? Was it Aaron Gordon Ooh. a couple of years ago? It was Zach Levine. Oh, Zach Levine. That's who it was. So I don't want to go back-to-back for Obi Toppin. So I'm going to say Cole Anthony. I haven't watched him much this year, but I'm going to go Cole Anthony to win it. Nice little point guard. I think he will have some flashy dunks. I, Cole Anthony certainly is going to have the like highest vertical right? It's going to appear the highest because you have to ground. That always seems to matter. So I think that's probably fair there. The three-point contest, the four people this year, Zach Levine, who we just mentioned, has won also won two dunk contests. Carl Anthony Towns, a seven-footer. Fred Van Fleet, Toronto Raptors, and Trey Young. Now, if it were a distance three-point contest, I think we'd all be picking Trey Young. (laughs) Um what what do you see happening in the three-point contest? I mean, yeah, if we were going for distance shots, I would go Trey Young. But, I mean, even in general, I still think I might go Trey Young. I think just, like, just based off of just based off of the names, I think he's probably the best shooter out of the four of them. And I think he's going to be, be the one to just make the most shots. I, I think he had a chance. To, I know Carl Anthony Town likes to consider himself, like, the best shooting uh, big man, I think he. I think he's he said that about himself. I may be wrong on that. So yeah, 
please don't come after me for that. But he's called himself the best shooting big man. I just see a man winning three point contest ever in my life. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Trey Young just because to me he is the best shooter out of the four. I kind of think I would pick Trey Young too in this uh, without seeing the odds necessarily, because he's a showman. Like he enjoyed like the garden and he enjoys bowing and being the bad guy. Like I think he'll get into the crowd as it's going the whole time as well. Last is this somewhat arbitrary skills challenge, but I think what they did this year is really cool. So the skills challenge is three teams of three people. There are three rookies, which are Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. That's the rookie team. There are three Cavs because the game is in Cleveland. Jared Allen, <laughs> Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley. And then the third team of three are the three Antetokounmpo brothers. <laughs> you've oh, got Giannis, <laughs> you've got Thanasis, and Alex, who is technically in the G League on a two-way contract. <laughs> I think the balance there is that he's got a two-time MVP winning brother on the team as well. The three the three teams to compete in four rounds that test a four round contest that tests shooting, passing, dribbling, and and they get scored and whatnot going on. I just listed a bunch of names and ideas out there. Would you put money on any of these teams to win the skills challenge? To be honest, I'm not sure how much of All Star Weekend I'm not, I'm even going to be watching this weekend. So the skills contest is probably the one that I would keep out of. To be honest. But if I am going to, if I'm forced to pick one, I'm just going to go with the rookies. Let's show them some love and see what they can do in it. They're probably the ones that have the most energy in them anyway. So I'm going with the rooks. I also think the rookies, they've just frankly got th- a team of three guards and I think, or three like perimeter play. I think that matters. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I like Jared Allen a lot. He's a big man, you know, got put, pulled in the all star game on reserve the other day, and that's great. But I don't know if I trust him in a dribbling or passing contest. Antetokounmpo brothers are freak athletes, but I don't know if I trust them. <laughs> like, like I, I don't know if I'm putting any on that. So, Chris, you mentioned that you know how much of the festivities you're watching this weekend. Where can people get a hold of you and talk to you about whatever you're doing this weekend? So, yeah, if anyone wants to yell at me for my takes, if you consider them horrendous, I am located on Twitter at Chris underscore Slewa7. Always just spewing some nonsense and my takes that I like to put out there. And then I've said a couple times, I do have some stuff that I'm planning on working on and getting out soon. I've just been caught up with some stuff, trying to find some big time jobs now since I'm graduated. So, but yeah, Twitter, Chris underscore Saliva seven. That's where you can find the most of me and my fabulous sports takes. <laughs> some of these are really, really funny, including there's a quote to you on here, Chris, about Barcel Sports tweets the Rams raise about to get out of hand today. And you tweeted saying, it's so clear that no city knows how to celebrate a championship parade unless it's Boston. <laughs> that, that is a fact. That is not an opinion. That is a stone cold fact because I've seen it with the LA parade today, seen it with the Chiefs parade a couple of years ago. These cities just like their streets are empty and there's no one there. I mean, obviously there are some people cheering them on, but the compared to Boston during a parade, those streets are empty. And I've been to three or four parades for Boston in my life. And <laughs> the streets are crazy. You can't like the where my school is in Boston, like the streets are so crazy that they have to cancel classes for half of the day because students literally can't even get to class because of how crazy the parade is. So <laughs> I just think it's true that no city knows how to throw a championship parade like Boston. And I will die on that hill. So there was that take, and then there was 
the thing that the guests from last week would agree with, I think that there's a retweet of a picture from The Rock at the Super Bowl, and the quote is, by far the worst part of the night, comma, everything else is pretty good, though. <laughs> so you enjoyed the oh, Super yeah, Bowl, no. just not The Rock. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, yeah. When I was editing uh, the Super Bowl episode the other night, I, I heard you and Ryan talking about that, and I was just agreeing the entire time. I thought that was so stupid. I don't know what The Rock was trying to do there. It just made no sense to me. And, like, when you pointed out how he was just on the field while, like, the kickoff and kick return teams were <laughs> waiting to start the game, I was like, what are you doing? That was by far the weirdest part to me. Everything else was phenomenal. It it was a pretty good Super Bowl besides that. I just didn't know why it needed a hype man. Uh, as Chris mentioned, he edits every episode every week. So go on, check out his great work. Subscribe to the whole catalog. He mentioned you can find him at Chris underscore Sleewa7 on Twitter. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Painsworth512. That's P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512 on Twitter and Instagram. I also have takes on things. I don't know if they're quite about the City of Champions because like the Astros kind of won in 2017. I don't know if we count that and... We don't ha- we don't have a lot of championships in my teams in the last. It's like the Astros and then the Longhorns won in 06. And I've and also it- been spoiled my entire life. So <laughs> I've had. I think it's what are we up to now? Six for the Pats, four for the Sox, and then one each for the Bruins and Celtics. So that's twelve in my twenty three years of existence. So so every other year won- on average, someone yeah, yep. yeah, rub it in. <laughs> As far as the show goes, you find us on Instagram at F underscore N underscore sports and on Twitter at FN sports too. Uh, we'll be posting questions. The question today that's got a little bit of heat out, uh, some traction, I guess, is were you team Disney or team Nickelodeon? So were you team Disney or team Nickelodeon, Chris? Nick, team Nickelodeon for sure. I, I, so I, I was having this question with kids today at school as I was teaching and I was like, you know, I like Disney channel a lot, but Nickelodeon had SpongeBob. I don't think I can give up SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> Nickelodeon had the shows that I enjoyed more growing up as a kid. I mean, obviously, I still watch a fair amount of Disney as well, but I was always more Nickelodeon. For sure. If you enjoyed the show, much like Chris enjoyed Nickelodeon, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review on all the different podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcast. Do a couple of them. Give us five stars. Love to see that kind of stuff. But whatever you do, when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. 
This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.